Wow, we affiliated. We big time now. We major. Mm. Alexa, play we major, please. And we <laughs> didn't. <laughs> hey, listen, we didn't buy no followers. That's the no, best part about it. We did not mm-hmm. buy no followers, and no dildos were involved in getting us no, uh-huh. none. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? What you want against? Bro, we talked about this before how people go viral and get affiliated. Oh, and yeah, all that. yeah. We're saying yeah. we did not take that route to get affiliated. You're right, you're right. We did not, though. Oh my lord, Jesus, man. Y'all y'all done had me crying off air, man. I'm not even ready to get the show started for real, but we gotta do what we gotta do. So so let's let's get this thing rolling. Before we get the show started, how were y'all weekends, man? How y'all been? Uh weekend was cool, man. I had a lot of fun this weekend. It wasn't as productive as I initially planned, but you know that's you can't uh bury yourself in work all the time. I still had a good weekend, so yeah. Yeah, um, you, you be horsing you, bro. You gotta you yeah, gotta tell them, hey, listen, put the whip down. I was down, trying to work. For, I was trying to work for my own. I was trying to oh, record content and do freelance stuff, but I just ended up chilling, so, man. Still we we gonna get a Doctor Zifmar appearance in them skits. What's going on? <laughs> working going on it. On? Working on it. Also, we was just talking about my six hundred pound life. Excuse me, eating this cookie on screen. <laughs> I just gotta get the live cookie out the way. Chris, how was your weekend, man? Oh, that was cool. I went to a barbecue, man. Some had some decent food. I ain't go too crazy because, like, I, I'm in the process of building my my muscle back up, getting my um, BMI right, stuff like that. And by the way, everybody out there trying to lose weight, don't listen to that BMI scale on Google that tells you you supposed to be six five, weighing 190 pounds. Don't don't hey, listen. To Somebody skinny man, made uh, that. The the BMI wet made for black folks. The, no, no, no. We, so we got here, a little too meat on our butt. We got a little too much. Here's meat the funny thing. Here's the funny thing about that. That like many other things was actually designed by eugenicists. That like the whole premise. We were not. They didn't take into account like if you're a former athlete. They didn't take into account most things. So it's literally just like a generic. Like oh, we think that you should be within this range without account for. I can run a mile in. Well, uh, not well under, but just barely under eight minutes. I can run a mile at eight minutes, and I'll be out of breath afterwards. But still, it's an eight minute. It's an eight minute mile. Like most people cannot run a mile at eight minutes. I can, but according to BMI, I am morbidly obese. Like right, that's you know. But anywho, that's another story for another time. Uh, my weekend was pretty good. Shout out to Sean Calloway and his bride to be Brooke Brown. Um, congratulations to them on getting engaged. Yo to the noobs. Hey, ladies, get yourself a new. All right, we, we, we're we going to marry you. We're going to treat you right, and we're going to marry you. But that's another story uh, for another time. Fellas, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We got, I mean, first of all, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks on getting their first ring since um, since uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 71. 1971. He just changed his name from Lou Alcindor when that happened. Like, that's that's crazy. That's That's crazy to think about that, you know. Anyway, uh, the Bucks just got their first ring. We got to talk about the ramifications for that. And we don't give out rings for the Olympics, but when it comes to medals, I don't think that they have a wood one. So, uh, Team USA, together, <laughs> maybe? I don't know. And then we have the Packers. The NFC North is about to be ripe for the pickings. If Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adam leave, uh, the the whole conference changes. That's a very big game changer. And speaking of folks coming, going, leaving, OU in Texas, bye-bye Big 12. No more Big 12 going on. And Detroit sports, 
we're seeing the resurgence right now, okay? The Red Wings got the Yizer plan rolling. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. Don't roll your eyes, all right? I mean, yeah. if 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 this is if this is a resurgence, then we must have been down bad. <laughs> if this is no, the wait, resurgence. Wait, wait. Remember, remember, <laughs> Detroit, the city of Detroit set a record for the amount of losses in a 365-day span. Really? Yes. We set a record. After we traded Drummond, we literally set a record for most losses in a 24, I mean, a uh, 12-month span. So, wow. I mean, and mind you, this is including cities like New York that got like two, three teams per sport <laughs> to where it's like, all right, well, even if this team went in, this team probably bad. So right. I'm just oh, saying Lord. we were we were down terrible. This is definitely a resurgence, but we're going to get into all that and more in just a few. All right. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That is me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, we got to start this off with this finals run. Giannis went 50 and 14. He went legend in the elimination game, and he closed the book. He closed the door. Whew. It, it was looking tough for the Suns. So, first of all, what are y'all takeaways from these finals? Um... So my takeaway is that I know a lot of people are looking at this Bucks win and saying that, like, you know, it was a one-off thing. So many teams were hurt this season. If Brooklyn was healthy, if this team was healthy. Um, I actually think when you have a, a talent uh, as talented as Giannis is, once you reach that point to where you've reached that next level or you've gotten that taste of victory, especially at an age that young when he's that talented, I think the Bucks have it figured out. And I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, if we see the ball, those Bucks in this situation multiple times in the future. I saw something from I saw something from a play point of view that let me know that the Bucks figured it out, and it was something as simple as Giannis not being a primary ball handler. But we can get into that a little bit later. Chris, what you thinking, man? What are your thoughts? Any takeaways? It's <sighs> a lot of thoughts and takeaways. How I keep it short, sweet though. First thing, first thing, job well done, Bucks. Um, I doubted you until you got to the finals and saw the Phoenix Suns, but I doubted you. Um, Y'all shut me up for right now. Uh, first problem is, but B- B- Budenholzer will probably be the coach for the next decade in Milwaukee. He'll probably get extended for the next ten years, which means if Giannis chooses to stay with Milwaukee, he'll be thirty-six <laughs> by the time Budenholzer finally uh, gets a new job or he retires. Because Budenholzer is not the youngest coach; he's been coaching for a while. People don't know he was in Atlanta for a while. He he was a lot of places for a while. By the way, shout out Jeff T. Because I mean, hey, Jeff T. Finally got a ring. But anyway. Uh, um, the Bucks. I think they'll be in this position again. Um, they definitely, definitely. Sometimes the team just needs to do it to get the confidence that they can do it again. And I think that's what this championship did. Uh, it gave them some confidence where they know they can do it. You know what I mean? Like even if a team is a little bit better than them, it's giving them some confidence. Like, listen, we won a championship. We can do it again. However, as long as Giannis does, like, as, as long as he evolves his game. I think that the team will be a lot more serious in, in years to come because if he develops a mid-range shot than a three-point shot, the league is his. Like clearly, the league. Like they don't have an answer. The Suns didn't have an answer for him. Yeah, I, right. I, I mean, first of all, Giannis going. What was it? Sixteen for seventeen or seventeen for eighteen? Seventeen for nineteen. Seventeen for nineteen from the free throw line in the uh, in game six. 
flatly amazing. Let's 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 start there, right? Like this is a guy people used to use the art. We're gonna put him on the free throw line as like a thing. That was a very real hack a shack type of situation. And unlike others, <clears throat> Ben Simmons, <clears throat> he has somehow figured out how to, you know, develop his game, work on his game, and get better at that point of the game. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why that sound is coming through my phone. Anywho, he's found a way to get better, work on his game, develop in the ways that he should. So, I mean, more power to him. And then the next thing is you allowed this man to go off for 50 and 14. Huh? With five blocks. Huh? With five Bro, blocks. I'm sorry, but you know, the same way the 2K do it, after you get like 20, 25, every time you touch the ball, somebody's coming. Double. To me. Hey, hey when, and then you get the smart double team. <laughs> when, if somebody if somebody is putting up those types of numbers, I'm honestly going boxing one. I'm, hey, listen, uh, Aiden, you're not exactly getting the job done at the rim. But what we'll do is go boxing one, Tory Craig, follow him around, be a pest. Well, and I think that's part of We're going to talk about it later, but I think that's part of one of the Phoenix things is, like, Baton was the only true big that they had. Yeah. Uh, because but, Dario Sartre went out because of injury. But let me right. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I know that both of y'all said that the, the Bucks would be back and this wasn't a one-off. I'm sorry to tell you. This was as one-off as a one-off comes. They are not running into – let me tell you why I say this is a one-off. The East is actually not looking good. It's looking like a situation where I wouldn't be surprised to see them get back to the finals. Winning another finals, however, a little bit of a different story. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the Nets don't have nobody to rebound or defend. And To beat Giannis, you have to build the wall. You can't beat yeah. Giannis without the wall. That's just not going to happen. Um, the 76ers, I don't know how much they're going to get for Ben Simmons, but... If they don't get a haul back, nah, they. Enjoy. I mean, according to current reports, there's a lot of teams out there that's throwing, that's throwing pocket change out there for Ben Simmons. But that's what I'm saying. Nobody is really trying to like. At the end of the day, Ben Simmons is gonna want to be ball dominant, and on top of wanting to be ball dominant, he cannot create his own shot. No, no, I, t- I think it's the other way around. I think he can create his own shot. He just chooses not to, and I think he can he can play off ball. I think he can play off. He, okay. Listen, great. listen. Cause, cause if think somebody about it. create their own shot, they gotta make the shot at the end. Like you, <laughs> the step back don't matter if you get all the space in the world. If it go to the third right. row, right. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Gibbs, uh, he can very well much. He has the capability to very much get to the rim whenever he wants. He got mm-hmm. the very well much capability to to get a, 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 a uncontested shot. He just chooses not to. Like when you see every offseason, you see Ben Simmons in the gym hooping with like that that gym they see Carmelo hooping in. I can't think of the name of it right now. The gym they have Carmelo hooping. Ben Simmons looks like a god in there. Of course, he looks like a god in there, and he's shooting like crazy, doing what he want to do. And it, those some of those guys are pretty high competition. Like, there's a lot of NBA guys in there. And then in some games you see Ben Simmons go for forty. It's like Jesus, like Ben Ben might be a problem in a few years. But I don't know whatever reason is that when the lights get bright. He, he chooses not to. He wants to I'll, defer. I'll tell you why. He's always been bigger, stronger, prettier than everybody else. He's never had to, like, take failure at a large mm-hmm. clip. He's never had to, like, have a game. Well, like, Steph Curry, for example, right? He is shorter than most people in the NBA. He's less athletic than most people. He's had times where, like, even though he's got that shooter 
shooter genes in them. Right. Even the best of shooters has a three for 12 night. Like, that's just, you're going to see that every now and then. He's had a night where it's like, all right, nothing you can do works, and you still got to come out and do it again. Like, that's just. I mean, but th- this could be that turning point for Ben. Like, he realized his play got him booted up out of Philly in a good situation in Philly. He yeah, could realize yeah. that, like, something got to change about my game. So, I think if I'm Philly, I'm letting Ben Simmons start the season off. And I'm, I'm trying to rest in B. I'm probably only going to play in B 29, 30 minutes and let Ben Simmons get a lot of run off there by his own. As soon as they team, his value go back up a little bit, pack in the mail, you gone. But you but you, <laughs> you playing a, a game of Russian roulette because what if right. what he did in the playoffs continues? What if he still refused? This man had Trey Young under the rim. None of us right now <laughs> are shorter than Trey Young. Not a single mm-hmm. one of us is shorter than him. <laughs> under the rim, and he dunked. And he did not dunk on that man. He passed the ball to Matisse Teibel. Not granted. Who went up? Who went up for a shot? <laughs> not granted. Teibel is looking like Scottie Pippen with the with the Australian Boomers, but that's a different story for another time. We'll get to it just a bit. So I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't see the Bucks getting back and winning again. But I see him getting back again a couple times uh, going forward. I just you know I don't see this. You you know what I was thinking though this weekend. The East isn't as bad as everybody says anymore. Like, if you no, think about no, no. it, if you think about the top 25 players in the league, a good 15 of them are in the East now. Yeah, yeah. A good 15 of that 25. The East not as bad as everybody thinks. Like, the East is actually, a, like, when every team is healthy in the West, there's really only four teams you can say, okay, they, they go to the finals. But when the East is healthy, you really don't really know. Yeah, yeah. So, that Honestly, and that's... That's the reason why I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if Bucks Pack is in rotation for the next couple years because, I mean, number one, coming off a championship, there's always the championship malaise. Number two, they're a veteran team. They're an older team. Now, we know the veteran team is using a positive connotation to say, like, oh, this team is experienced and they got guys who – veteran is also a synonym for old. Like, they've got guys – Brick Lopez is not going to be rolling in another – Right, right. It's always that fine line with the veteran teams where are they experienced or are they washed? Exactly. And we never really know yeah. when that comes. It's like one day we just wake up and like the Pistons not good no more. It, Drew Holiday is a guy that like when he loses a step, it's over. Like that's we are not going. to I be think he'll still be solid on defense, but offensively. Oh, defensively, yeah, 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 yeah. But offensively, if your point guard ain't viable offensively in today's NBA. Mm, I don't know what you I got mean, going on. PJ Tucker, 36. Brooke Lopez, about 33-34. Chris Middleton, 28, which is still relatively young, but he got one of those games where he loses step two. He ain't gonna be he gonna depreciate a lot. It's, a lot. It's it's done for that guy. So I mean <laughs> I mean I, I don't see this happening again, but let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. On the flip side of the coin, what do the Suns do from here? And before we get there. Did this hurt CP3's legacy to either one of y'all? Did this one? <clears throat> I think the Suns. Um, there's nothing that they can do. What are what are from from a cap perspective? You were about to owe Chris Paul forty million dollars. Forty-four. So forty-four. We, we broke. So, you got to add every penny when you talk to me. So you're so. you're really stuck <laughs> in that department. I mean, you have a year of final experience under the belt of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and also some you know other assets like uh, Cam Johnson. But 
with that roster that you have and the money you owe Chris Paul, it's not really much that they can do. Unless you try to find some way to ship Chris Paul out of town, you want to make that like complete transition. But I say, but I mean, it's an option though, so he doesn't have to take it. But if how you're old Chris is he? Paul, he thirty six. So Come why on. wouldn't you take it? Right, <laughs> right. So if I'm honestly, if I'm the Suns, I say just run it back. See if um that was a fluke of a season. See if so, you can make it back to the finals. See if you can make it to that same plateau. So, so I think Chris, I think you're gonna say as well, run it back. And just let, let uh, it rock it there. If I'm being honest, I go get some size. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, if Chris Paul declines and he requests a hundred million for the next three years, I say, okay, sign and trade. Give me Ben Simmons over there. That's a little more size. You know what I mean? That that helps on the defensive end as well. He's probably top three defender on the planet right now. Um, if not, I, I got him as first because Ben Simmons is a problem on defense. And then I go try to get some more wings like Mikael Bridges to fill out the rest of the roster because forty-four million to Chris Paul and his window just went from this to this. It's 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 yeah. it's, it's not hey, looking. Like I, I can be to a do. GM. I'm a stickler when it comes to money. Forty-four for Chris Paul. You can offer me. You can say, "Hey, KD, ready to sign?" I'd be like, forty-four million. <laughs> Chris Paul, <laughs> no, no, sir. I'm, I'll tell you what. If Chris Paul want to make forty-four at his age. He's no longer at the point where, like, there's a full window. Like, and there's many other players that are there. LeBron is also at that point. There's no more full window. There's no. yeah. KD, because of his injury history, he's no longer at a point where it's a full window. It's literally, like, month to month, you evaluate, like. And I think it's been a like. very long time since Chris Paul has been $44 million worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, well, they're at, the, it, he's at the point where you got to look at him day in, day out. Yeah. How does he look? Like. Y'all got to remember, right. the, the Rockets signed him on that, hoping that we get a title, and then the $44 million wouldn't look as bad this year. You know what I mean? But right. they blew the Rockets up, so it was kind of yeah, like I, I, whoever, yeah, I don't think when the Rockets signed him, he was worth that much. No, no, that, he wasn't because he had just – he blew his hamstring it in the was, playoffs. It was supposed to be like what Sidney Crosby got with the Penguins. Like, you want us a chip, we're going to give you money that you don't deserve on the back end because right. you bought us a chip type right. of deal. It, they did not get the chip. Like, they, they missed the <laughs> crucial part. It's, it's like when you're like, hey, what's your five-year five, five year plan? My five-year plan? And then they'll all be sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you just, just said that a lot. You got to have a bridge between them. So, right. I mean, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a real interesting time. So, when we talk about Chris Paul, did this series hurt his legacy at all to either one of y'all? Um, I don't think it hurt his legacy. But I think we need to have a serious conversation about what his legacy is. Mm. Like, regardless of how talented he is, regardless of him being a point guy, I think we've honestly hit a point where, like, Chris Paul's legacy is going to be the guy that, like, choked away opportunities. And even though, um, even though, you know what I'm saying, t- basketball is a team game, it's just, it's just a pattern there. Like, it's, it's just a pattern that every team that Chris Paul has been a part of over the course of the past, you know, over a decade now, even if, even if he was on teams that was poised or in a position of winner that were favorites, they always seem to lose, and that common denominator is always Chris Paul. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. My my thing, my take on it is, to be honest with you, I don't think it hurts or it helps his legacy. I mean, his legacy, if he won a title, of course, that would have helped it. But his legacy was pretty much set in stone for me off the fact that 
He doesn't have any MVPs. He doesn't. He like he's he's he was at one time the best point guard in the world, but he never would. Hey, hey Josh, get the ether beat roller behind this. Get the ether <laughs> beat roller behind. You, you said he never won any MVPs, and he never was like universally known as the best player in the world. Um, if you look at the point guards ahead of him in the all-time ranks, Magic Johnson was once. Some people thought he was the best player in the world at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. some people thought. Some people thought Jerry West was. He just couldn't win. You know what I yeah. mean? And some some people thought that it's a. I mean, if I keep going through the list, John Stockton, they thought he was the best point guard. He never was the best player in the world, but they I thought mean, he, nobody could pass the ball better than him. You know what I mean? If, if we being honest, we're in a we're in a space where it was always the debate whether or not Chris Paul was the best point guard in the league at that time. Right, right, because Darren Even Williams was on par. Yeah, yeah, Darren Williams was on par. Darren Williams every, right there, when Darren Williams started to go down, people was talking about Rondo. Right. So every oh, and don't every, forget, don't forget, Derrick Rose was right there in that in yeah. that mix too. And Derrick so, Rose was only like what? And then when it was 20, supposed to be 22? Chris Paul at number one, that boy Steph was <laughs> Chris Paul out there doing aerobics. <laughs> so, so I bring up all that to say. You can't really, you can't really help it by, by nothing other than winning. And he hasn't done that. Like, I mean, to me, he's still knocking at the door of that fifth, sixth, seventh point guard. You know I'm what gonna I mean? Tell you, I'm gonna tell you what. His legacy is cooked in my book. His legacy is cooked. Throw it up against the, uh, throw it up against the fridge to see if it sticks. Because I think it's done. He's toast yeah. in my book. Let me tell you why. Yes, he is a top 10 point guard of all time. But people kept trying to throw him in top fives. And here's my problem with that. If you look at all the other top five guys, even if you talk about a guy like Stockton that never won a championship, how many times can you say, Stockton, it was directly on you that y'all didn't win this? Very true. Even if you watched the games, you could see Stockton did what he was supposed to do. He did what he was did his his business. Chris Paul in this series wet the bed. He wet the bed. When it was time, when it was winning time, as Reggie Miller likes to call it, when it's winning time and, and you're supposed to put the team on your back and, and do what you got to do as far as wins, he was cooked. You're going to have a hard time telling me like, oh, he's, he's in that conversation. If, like, for example, you look at Gary Payton, right? When Gary Payton was with the Lakers and there was that the championship against the Pistons, even if they win that championship, that's not Gary Payton's championship. Right. Even if they win that championship, that's not Carl Malone's championship. If the Suns won this year, that's Chris Paul's championship. He had the opportunity. And what did he do? He went to bed. So to me, his legacy is cooked as far as top five goes. He's still, to be considered a top 10 player in any position in the game, it's a great thing. Even, I think power forward probably has the least depth of every position as far as greats go. If I'm being and, honest with you, after this finals, I think it's a conversation to put Giannis in top five power forwards. I think that's a legit and that's, conversation. And that's what well, I'm saying. I mean, Carl Malone been in it with no title. Carl Malone been in it with no title. Oh, yeah, get Carl Malone up out of there. That's Giannis by now. No, 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 wait, 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 hold on now, hold on, listen, as terrible as he was off the court, that man was a menace on the court, he was the third leading scorer of all time, like, second, second, mm-hmm. 
As much as we want to get him up out the paint, as much as the authorities should have got him out the paint, <laughs> like, we he he's still he's still a, a a top five guy, all in all. So I mean that's that's just my my takeaway there. But Giannis actually is in consideration for it this early. So I mean that tells you a little something about that position. But now we're when we talk about CP3's legacy, one of the highlights is that he's an Olympic gold medalist. I don't think all these guys on this current team are going to be able to say that. Uh, <laughs> it's looking bad, man. It's looking bad. Our fifth loss ever in the Olympics. I didn't even know this until Josh told me right before we got on there. Our fifth loss ever. Our first loss in competitive play since 2004. Let me tell you what the world was like last time we had a loss competitively for Team USA. George Bush was president, number one. We, we never had a uh, black person serve as president or vice president in America. We've got one of both now. Um, Get Out by JoJo was the number one song in America. Get out right now. That's, is the that's what they tell you. Hey, listen. <laughs> that's what USA is saying to the podium right now because they it's the end. It looks like it's going to be the end. Crank That by Soldier Boy was three years away from being made. Um, the Incredibles was three months away from dropping. America had never even heard of Ebola nor the swine flu, let alone uh, let alone COVID. So that's just a, a little thought on the last time America's lost a game. And so far, we're we've been cooked twice in exhibition and in this one game. So What's what's going on, fellas? Talk to me about this team USA. What's what's, what's happening? Uh, I don't think it's anything new other than what we've been saying the past couple of weeks. Uh, one, it's a mix of the way the season was composed. There's not a lot of players that's willing to go on board playing that uh that season that was crunch for time, and immediately going over to Tokyo playing the Olympics. You have a lot of players that are still conscious about COVID. Um, and they don't want to take that risk either, especially considering most uh, star-level basketball players have families. Um, on on top of that, it's just like uh, is the USA isn't putting their best foot forward when it comes to talent. And even right. with that being said, we still have the most talented team in the Olympics when it comes to just pure talent in a vacuum, right? Right. But the difference is a lot of these players are coming from $30 million contracts. They're not super invested. They just sit over here like, hey, we're about to go get us a gold medal. Um, and you can look at the way they're playing the games. They're playing the games lackluster, lack of effort. And that's not going to fly when you're playing against a lot of other players who, of course, you have NBA players that are on those, those Olympic teams. And they're playing with pride because they're playing with their country, a much different pride than a USA player will be playing with. But you also have players playing over there that's not in the NBA, and these games are the only way they're going to get that spotlight or the way they're going to be able to eat or they're going to go back to their countries in two weeks. They're not about to go back and play for the Orlando Magic. They're going back to their country in two weeks, and they're about to tell them about how I just dropped Tony on Kevin Durant. Do you know who the leader in plus-minus for this game was? Nando DiColo. <laughs> My boy Nando. Where was Nando at, man? He was, I want to say he was plus 12 or, uh, I believe Fournier was plus 10 and he was plus 12. So, I mean, Sheesh. yeah, that's a tough time. Tough time for Team USA. 
Chris, what you what what are your thoughts on America losing our fifth game ever in the Olympics? Um, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm now officially worried. Um, for for two two reasons. For one, my manager at work, he's 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 a Frenchman, so I got to hear about that all day tomorrow. And then for two, the rest of the world is kind of catching up, and USA has so much overwhelming talent compared to the other rest of the world. That they could go out there and just play ISO ball. Like I was assuming that KD, Dame, or even, uh, well, Brad Bill not there anymore, but Tatum, anybody can go out there and, and just go ahead and drop 30 when they need to. I'm not so sure that's the case. These other teams are taking it so serious to the yeah. point where Team USA might need to think about coming up with an offensive scheme. Like just give the ball to the star player and let him go to work. And then when it's not his turn, let somebody else go to work. It and might actually be hurting them more than it's helping them. They definitely don't have an offensive scheme right now if you're watching those games. No. It's it's kind of just like, okay, KD got the ball. KD either go get a bucket or just pass somebody else that feel like going to get a bucket. Yep. And that's not been working. And Gobert, to be honest with you, I thought he would be the problem. Gobert was a problem defensively, but he really played a very Gobert-like game that they see 82 games yeah. a year most seasons. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was just kind of like, to me, it was kind of like – the meme of Dame Lillard looking at Evan Fournier. No, no, that, <laughs> that, that was Jason Tatum. That was Jason Tatum looking at Evan Fournier like that. No, oh no, one. they got they got one they got one of Dame looking at him at the free throw line. Dame is in the background like, and Evan Fournier <laughs> is at the free throw line. This is listen. I'll tell you this. Oh, I ain't see that. Those these these players are playing different for their countries, but moreover than anything else, this is what you get, NBA. This is what you get. This is what you get, Team USA. This is what you get. And I, I hope y'all are looking at me right now. I hope I'm making eye contact with the camera. So I hope y'all see me, see you, see me. I need y'all to understand something. When your stars, when your biggest names are telling you, hey, um, I'm sorry, but guys, the Olympics are not like, let's relax and come back later, still play a full schedule, have everything a little bit more spaced out. And you're all, no, we need to go to the Olympics. <laughs> Look at you now. Crumbling under those FIBA rules. Look at you now. Y'all look like an AAU team. France zoned up and they had nothing for it. They were just like, swing it, swing it, swing, <laughs> swing it around. That's what the play is. Really what the offensive plan was, swing it. Look at you now. Look at you, NBA. Adam Silver, you're still not seeing heaven. For allowing this to happen. Anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, man, yeah, it's 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 a shame uh, when Drew Holiday is leading Team USA. That's it. No, and, and no disrespect to the man. He's a champion. He is a multi-time All-Star. He's gonna be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He may get in the Basketball Hall of Fame because his whole uh, body of work. It's easier. His, it's easier. His body. <laughs> his body of work for basketball. Mind you, it's not just. It's not just um, NBA. NBA. It's so his, his body of work, college, what he did at UCLA, is is up there. He was right. part of one of the last really good UCLA teams, so it's up there. But I mean, he should not be leading Team USA. Like he's not the type of guy that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's leading Team USA, we in good shape, and that's exactly what happened. Let me let me tell y'all something else about this. Drew went eighteen seven and four. I beg your pardon. <laughs> Evan Fourier went off for 28 again this is 
How so? How high is y'all panic meter? Because right now I'm at like a ten. Like y'all thought I was joking when I said as far like as I don't know. Who gold? No, no, no. At, well, actually, yes. As far as them winning gold, how winning far? Gold how 10. high are you? Okay, we so we all at tens. Chris, you at a ten with us? How high is I'm, at, I'm at I'm at about an eight. Just cause, just cause, bro. You got KB and Dame still there. Eventually, neither one of them like losing. Eventually, one of them gonna say, "All right, Dame, either you or me. Which one? Which one?" I hear you. I hear you. But um, they're gonna say you or me, and somebody from Argentina, Luis Scola, gonna be hitting a bucket on them. <laughs> gonna, hey, you or me? Oh, it's too late. The game over. It's, a, it's gonna be a tough time. For them. And they, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. And I hope, again, Team team USA, see me. See you. See me. If y'all don't podium, don't come back home. Stay over there. <laughs> Stay in Japan. Go down the yellow brick road till you find yourself some heart. Because there's no way. There's no way. And speaking of folks not returning, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what's going on? The Packers... So there are a majority of betting sites that have already pulled the Packers under over for wins because obviously everybody in their mama is taking the under on 11 games. Right. Uh, because Man. without Aaron Rodgers, without Aaron Rodgers, you giving away money betting on them to win 11. So I'm going to talk to our resident betting expert, Chris. What's going on? What does Vegas know that we don't? Well, they pretty much, Aaron Rodgers pretty much all but hinted that if he puts on a Packers uniform, if he has to put on a Packers uniform, he's probably going to retire. And without, okay, you know, the quarterback receiver is a bond like no other. That's like your mm-hmm. brother from another mother. You know what I mean? Right. When you really, really have a bond with your wide receiver as a quarterback, it's like no other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Devontae Adams is probably out of there or wants to be out of there if Aaron Rodgers is gone. And he, because he knows his production is going to take a huge dip. So, he don't want as a wide receiver and playing football in general. You don't want to waste any more of your prime years. So mm-hmm. Vegas knows if Aaron Rodgers goes, Devontae Adams goes, and from there on it's a trickle down effect. And it's gonna be like, all right, he asked for a trade. Well, why am I still here? You know what I mean? Why, why, why am I coming up playing 100? percent We know we're gonna be a terrible team. I'll and, tell you this: Bakhtiari was shotgun the beers at the finals. Saw this report. It was, what? <laughs> Who am I going to be blocking for next year? What's going on? Yeah, man. So, Tough I mean, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you keep your superstar happy. I preach this so much. I mean, people knock the Rockets for don't letting Harden have the keys to the kingdom. But honestly, that got them eight years where they were relevant. As soon as Harden gone, we're the worst team. And and I'll, I'll tell you this. Not only relevance, the worst that y'all finished was what? Conference semifinals? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, conference semifinals so, was the worst we finished. You were one of the best four teams or best eight teams in the NBA every year. Mm-hmm. Pretty good trade-off. Pretty good trade-off. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so if, if we're looking at a situation where Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are gone, what does this mean for the NFC as a whole? And then we'll get to the NFC North next. But just for the, excuse me, for the NFC as a whole, what does this look at? What does this look, is this like a Tom Brady and company are getting an easy stroll to a repeat? Or, or what? what is happening with the NFC seeing Aaron Rodgers possibly be out of there? If I'm being honest, I don't think it changes much in the NFC. 
Um, reason being is I think the way that it would shift the dynamic or the parameters of the NFC would be if the Packers losing Aaron Rodgers and no longer becoming that powerhouse out of Green Bay meant that another dog or another team was going to take their place that would emerge out of the NFC North because that's essentially who what playoff spot the Packers were occupying. And I don't think that the NFC North has that team. So I honestly don't think it changes the dynamic much of the NFC. Mm. Not yet, at least. We're going to talk about the NFC North in a minute, but not yet. I don't think that happens. I, I'll tell you what. Depending on where he goes, it could be huge. Listen, if, he, if, he, if he goes yeah. to a team like the Giants, if him and if him mm. and, and Devontae Adams go over to a team like the Giants, I don't know if the Giants had the money for it. But I don't think, and I don't think the Packers trade them both to the same team. I just don't. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. But that's that's fair. That's fair. But, but either way, it, even even just all right. So you look at the Packers, right? I mean, you look at the uh, Giants, right? They just picked up Kenny Galladay in free agency, one of the best big receivers in the game right now. He can go up and get it with anybody. You got Saquon Barkley coming back, one of the best home run hitters out of the backfield in the game right now. You have a defensive backfield that includes James Bradbury, who led the NFL in pass breakups last year. Jabril Peppers is finally coming into his own as a defensive back. Now that he has one position that he learns and commits to memory, he's being very good at that. They have a lot going on in New York. And Evan Ingram as well, when he's healthy, that boy is a tight end that runs a 4-4. He's a problem. And so, you get Aaron Rodgers in the mix with a Darius Slayton over there too? Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, you could say that about a few teams, Gibbs. I mean, if you think about the teams that have, like, the the pieces to trade for them, I mean, one team that stick out my head, and they haven't been relevant in the last year, the Raiders. Derek Carr is a young quarterback. A Packers wouldn't mind a Derek Carr because he's not horrible, but you trade him to the Raiders, and and the Raiders get even – if his best receiver was Devontae Adams – we know that you can get better. So if you can get another receiver over there, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, yeah, they. I'll, I'll tell you this: they they're not looking bad as as a receiving core when you're looking at a a Rugs, uh, 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 Darren Waller, and uh, you got Josh Jacobs back there toting that thing, and and they they have a very very steady power run game that you run play action off of. I mean, hey, the Raiders. That, that's the team that sticks out the most for me. Like. That, that team would be scary good with Aaron Rodgers coming to So, let me ask y'all this. In the NFC North, what do y'all think are the ramifications of this? Um, I think this just speeds up the process of what I'm expecting out of Chicago um, and and what they were able to do in the draft. <laughs> why, why you shake your head? Because you're right, and I hate it. I hate it. That, <laughs> as soon as I heard this news, I'm like, Justin Fields going to get like four years of running this division. Yeah. And all that confidence under his belt. I'm so I, I think, you know, I think Justin Fields figures it out this year. They make the playoffs, even if it's a rough season because he's a rookie quarterback. I just think that experience and him making the playoffs and him being able to do it on his rookie contract over the course of the next couple of years honestly sets the Bears up for him to be able to, you did know, they, maybe do it yeah. for another four years after that. I think did, this is like. Did they go ahead and give him the green light to start? Uh, I think they're still playing around talking about Dalton is our guy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just yeah. asking. I bet. Yeah, I bet the the uh, the what what do they call them? The uh, the the ginger rocket or what is it? The the redhead rocket or whatever. Yeah, he's <laughs> that's your guy. Yeah, I believe you. Okay, 
but yeah, no, I, I'm wholeheartedly with you, man. I think I think that this just became the Bears' division to lose. Um, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they find out that like, oh, we need Stephon Diggs. They they figured that out. But you know, in the words of the famous song, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And Stephon Diggs said, "I know I got it. I don't know what y'all on." And so they on their own right now. They receiving wise, Adam Thielen is clearly not a, a number one. Uh, hopefully, Irv Smith Jr. can come in and, and relieve uh, that situation. Justin Jefferson is a really – he's probably the best of the really, really young guys at receiver. But you still got Kirk Cousins throwing that ball around. I mean, yeah, that's just the reality of it. You know, like <laughs> the defense is always going to be solid. Zimmer's always going to have a good defense. But mm, eh, you're, you're looking at some problem spots elsewhere. So that's – that's just a, a a little note from there. The Lions are in full rebuild. There, it would be. I'll tell you this much: the door is open for the Lions to go from worst to first. It's open. Will they do it? Probably not. Mm, I, I'm but not gonna see. It's open. The door's there. It's, it's, it's open. It's open. But the thing about it, it's rare to see a rookie quarterback come in and, and lead his team to a division title. You know what I mean? Like, And, that, that's, and that's why, why I say I, it's open. That's why yeah, I say it's open I, because I, Justin I, Fields with I, the Bears, Cousins. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Jordan Love with the Packers. Goff would probably be the best quarterback in the division. And that's yeah, not saying but much. I'm not going to count the Vikings out 100% because they still got Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook is a problem. And oh, for that absolutely. NFC North, for that NFC North, Dalvin Cook can give them a split in every game against anybody in the NFC North. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. the Lions, they, they don't have a good run game, run defense anymore. They used to have top of the line, yeah. but now diminished. The Packers never had one. The Bears, they have one, but then again, they don't have a good secondary as much as they as the other teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, right. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's I'll, I'll tell you this much. Wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up, that will be the the biggest thing because if they just hold it and just say, you know what, we'll take bite the bullet of Aaron Rodgers retiring. To me, that unless the Packers know that they're gonna secure something serious for the future, I mean, hey, that might be y'all best bet. Cause if you trade him to somewhere that you know, like, all right, this team is on the brink, this team is on the verge, he's gonna whoop the wheels off y'all yeah. if he sees y'all again. Like if, if you trade him out to a 49ers, y'all are y'all are done. Y'all are, <laughs> like if if you trade him out there to one of those California teams, any one of them, y'all are done. Yeah. Y'all, he's from there, he wants to go home. Y'all are in trouble. Y'all are in some real trouble. So I mean, it's uh it's it's gonna be interesting to Man. see how that whole number plays out. Think about if Aaron Rodgers went to the Falcons for one second. The Falcons would be tough. I don't think he's ever had a receiver as good as uh, Julio Jones. Oh, Julio with the Titans now, bro. Oh, my bad, my bad, my yeah. bad, my bad. My, nah, yeah, Julio I don't think Titans. he – my bad, my bad, my bad. My but Calvin Ridley is a problem, too. I, Calvin yeah, Ridley Cal- I'm about to say, I'm about to say, I forgot he went to Titans, my bad. And, but even, and, even still. And Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts as well. You got yeah, a tight yeah. end. Another guy, six five, runs a four three. That that is unheard. Even of. even still, they they still got a good receiver core. Julio was just gonna be the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I said that. But yeah, I it, mean it, even him in Atlanta, they were quarterback away from their division. You know what I mean? 
there's there's there are so many different options that that could go to, and whew, man, I, wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up, if that team is even half decent, because they know if you trade Aaron Rodgers, you got to trade him to a team that's decent, because you can't be like, all right, I'm gonna ship you off to the worst place possible, because then you just be like, bet I'm retired. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, bro. Hey, hey. Guess what? Guess what? Hey, guess what? You going to Jacksonville? No, I'm not. I'm going to the crib. <laughs> nah, that's that's just that simple. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it, I mean, it, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. The Packers are in the jam, and at least for the Packers, they created this jam for themselves. Now, a group of people who didn't create this jam for themselves and are jammed up right now, the Big Twelve. Oh boy, they in trouble. Alexa, play deads, please, because they are in <laughs> trouble. They are, ooh, they, Texas and OU, the two star programs of that conference are allegedly basically already out the door. From what I'm hearing, everything is done. They just got to fax some papers over. The ink got to dry. But Texas and OU are as good as any SEC. Now, For OU, I kind of get it because it's like, all right, we want to test our might against the big dogs for real. For Texas, I don't understand it at all for a lot of reasons. Number one, Texas, you're middle of the road in the Big 12. Like, let's start there. You're very average. You're not, like, y'all aren't dominating the Big 12 as is at the moment. Number two, y'all have the Longhorn Network, so how are y'all going to split the bread for like, right. oh, we're with the SEC now, and we got to do things on the SEC network, and they get exclusive rights instead of Longhorn Network. And number three, are y'all out of y'all minds? Do you think recruits want to come see y'all get beat by 30 by Bama <laughs> every yeah. year? I, I, yeah, that's what I was going to go with against. I was going to say, I mean, the only thing good from it is the SEC. Now you'll try to get some of, that, that, some of those recruits over. But, I mean, if you lose in every game, I don't know about y'all, but I ain't going to no loser to spend my college career unless this, I'm a borderline player trying to shine, you know? And this is the part that's confusing to me. You are Texas. The, there's a whole phrase. Everything is bigger <laughs> where? In, In Texas. Texas. That includes the people, literally, per capita. They're the heaviest state. You know what that means? You also have the biggest recruits. You bring in six, seven, three hundred twenty pound, eighteen year olds. If you can't win with that recruiting base, I promise you, trying to go down into Florida and Alabama and Mississippi, it is not gonna help you. It is not gonna be better for you, bro. <laughs> you are only gonna get worse. I, I don't understand it at all from from Texas' standpoint, but hey, it's it's happening. It's happening. So with the remaining eight teams, do y'all think that they should try to salvage something and pull in? teams from group of five conferences or should they every man for itself just go find somewhere everybody go find the conference to get in real quick i think i think it's salvageable um i think just with the based off of namesake and prestige is something that should be salvaged the only issue is the way that i mean honestly across all sports the way that they've been operating over the course of the past few years they aren't necessarily when you think of like winners, that's that's not the conference that you think of, right? No. But with that being said, I think that gives you room to where you can bring in some teams that's looking for a conference or some smaller level schools, and you can somehow salvage that into making those schools seem like a bigger deal. 
where even if it's wins, you know, interconference, you can make it seem like a bigger deal with those smaller schools as opposed to not see it. I, I feel like it would just be weird. I don't know if I'm being a traditionalist with this, but I feel like it would just be weird seeing those schools that were so used to, uh, to being part of the Big 12 being in other places. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I imagine SMU and Houston in the Big 12 now. Like, that's the thing. The Pony Express is back. Ah. Also, right, Baylor won the national championship in basketball last year, so. True, true. Yeah, yeah, no, a, uh, it, that no, is no, no Southern method. No Southern method is slander. It's very confusing as to why they left, but go ahead, Chris. All the teams I could think of are like those bottom of the road Big Ten teams. Like, like if a Rutgers went down there, they they might be able to be a little bit more, you know. It, it feels like that'd be a travel nightmare. Like Nebraska, I get it. Yeah. Like Nebraska, y'all are like literally right above Oklahoma by like a state or two. No, wait, Nebraska is right above Oklahoma, right? Like yeah. are they? Yeah. Oh well, I mean it makes sense. I mean, but you got you got I, I Iowa State is there, right? Yeah, 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 but, in the big yeah, R- Rutgers not too far from Iowa State, you know what I mean? So, Rutgers is near Chicago, Iowa State is about five-hour drive, you know what I mean? Wait, what? No, Rutgers is up in New Jersey, bro. That's up in, yeah. that's up way Man, up. I'm all over the place today. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I'm tripping, I'm tripping. I meant to say Northwestern. I meant to say Northwestern, Northwestern, Northwestern. I got you, I got you, I got you. We have like, a Northwestern... show, so I'm not even going to go there, but okay. you my know man. the first I'm thing a... I think of when I hear Rutgers. Oh, uh, my, my God. Bad. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, y'all know what I mean. I said Chicago. Y'all know I meant Northwestern, Please. but Nor- Northwestern yeah. is a team that they could be good, but they always play in the big team, so you never know how good they really are. You know yeah, what I mean? And their academic and, rigors is very high. It's, it's hard right. to be a good academic school and a good football school. Look at right. Vanderbilt. They get whooped on every year in the SEC because, like, you actually got to pay attention to class. Like, that's a hard – Right, a lot. right. So, I mean, if they was to go to, like, the Big 12, I would see that working out good for both markets, you know? Because yeah, they, yeah. they wouldn't be the bottom of the Big 12. I know that, so – I'll tell you what, this is going to become an every man. I, I got a very strong feeling it's going to be an every man for themselves situation. West Virginia, they already got Virginia and Virginia Tech in the ACC. West Virginia probably coming over next. Um, uh, the, these other teams that are in the Big 12, I don't know how they're going to do it because if you look at it, so like a Baylor is a perfect example. They just won a national championship in basketball. Football, they actually were very good and relevant for a very long time. And then like all of a sudden, after Art Browns and the sexual assault cases came out, they fell off the map there, but they were good for a very long time. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough situation for them. Oklahoma State, what happens to them? They're a team that's consistently seven, eight win team. What do you do now? Where do you go? Where do you just do all of y'all just go out to the Pac-12? Or, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time in college football and and who knows where all the chips are going to fall and where they're going to land. But I'm going to just tell you right now, I don't think that this is good for anybody. I honestly and truly don't. Um, Texas and OU leaving, I don't get why either one of them want to go. Uh, if you're always going to be the third or fourth best team in your conference, you're not going to get into the playoffs. Right now, Oklahoma is in the playoffs every single year. So, I mean, that's just that's just my thought there. But anywho, um, The next thing that we got to get to is uh, these conference realignment ripples because, like you just talked about, Northwestern being the team that could go somewhere. I mean, you got a lot of other teams that are looking like 
they could uh, definitely slide out somewhere. So I, it's this is a situation where we honestly are like, hey, normally the summer is boring for us guys like us. We don't have anything to pay attention to, nothing going on. But with the Olympics and everything that's going on, it's going to be a lot. And anywho, I know y'all tired of us talking about Team USA getting washed and 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 uh, y'all tired of us talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving. But before we go, we got to talk about a little resurgence that's happening in the city. Kay Cunningham <laughs> is on his way. Tigers are 7-3 since the All-Star break. I don't care if we got swept, Chris. I don't care if we got swept by the Royals, Chris. Don't matter, all right? <laughs> and, you know what I mean? The guys are playing is working. We got a Calder Award finalist coming over from the Hurricanes. And Alex, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, so I'm not even going to try. But great goalie and Alex coming back. I, I'm just saying. I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to let y'all go. But I'm just saying, the city looking good. <laughs> hey, but here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Real quick before we get up out of here. A few of, the, a few of those I I, uh, I agree with. The Red Wings got a good farm system. They got some good young players. I'm not the biggest hockey guy, so I don't know how long it's going to take for the Red Wings to research because they're still considered, you know, a, a top-of-the-line hockey team. Pistons. Until Kate Cunningham is sitting there holding up a jersey, saying, I'm proud to be a Piston. I don't want to hear Kate is coming to the Pistons. Listen, he said he's been listening to Detroit music. He said he want to be here. Se- hey, second, <laughs> second, be second, second that um, the Rockets, they did have an offer from the Pistons, for, but it was an extremely high price. I think they wanted KPJ, the second pick, and they run it like the next three, three first-round picks from the Rockets. They wanted an extremely high price. Well, they could have just threw him that. And then lastly, I want to say, sorry for the mess-ups today, but it's a lot coming with this draft. This draft is deeper than y'all think next week, man. We're going to be here talking about it. So come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all.